This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. On a Thursday morning, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, joining you from a uh, chilly Grand Forks this morning, as the weather certainly has taken a turn this week. I um, At the beginning of this week, uh, some parishioners put in a couple of tomato plants right by our, our garage, and so I finally picked the rest of those tomatoes and pulled out those vines. Miraculously, I was able to wait until that point instead of an earlier time, and I've got about a dozen and a half you know that that are left and they are just green as green can be so it's 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 kind of odd how slow maturing those particular tomatoes have been i i don't know if they'll ripen by thanksgiving if they're sitting in the kitchen (laughs) you might have to go that route of the green fried tomatoes right yes fried green tomatoes yes the southern delicacy may very well have to do that but uh, we've had um some very um, wonderful dry weather uh, and and mild for early autumn, which has really helped our area farm families incredibly. And you know, and again, shout out to all of our our farmers out there who are listening. Stuff they've been so blessed this year. I mean, that compared to last year, right now we had a foot of snow on the ground. We lost the potato crop, lost the sugar beet crop, right. lost most of the corn. Tons of rain in September. Sunflowers. It, it was just it was brutal, brutal. So, mm-hmm. and you know, and and so you know, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who. Rejoice, and I, I always say to everybody, just remember to be as generous as God has been to us, right? I mean, so He really has, and this has been for us in the northern area. It's been an absolutely gorgeous fall. Mm-hmm. It, it has been absolutely gorgeous yeah. fall, and mm-hmm. and uh, even even as it gets cooler now, we can, if it goes in little increments like this in stages, we can appreciate that too. That's right. Although there <laughs> is a, a measurable snow in the forecast for this weekend in our neck of the woods here, measurable, which I guess you measurable can... means about an eighth of an inch. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. I guess that's a relative term, depending on what uh, part of the country people are in. The kind of snow we may be getting, lots of parts of the country would shut down schools altogether, you know, just because of uh, of, of what's being uh, proclaimed here. Well, um, we've uh, had a segment that we've been uh, cultivating here on a monthly basis with a couple of area scholars from the Fargo area who are telling us about wonderful uh, uh, books and literature uh, that uh, can really benefit us in our walk as Catholic Christians. Um, we have Nancy Gord with us. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's great to hear from you again. And joining you, uh, the man, the legend, our brother priest, Father William Slattery. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you, Father. I always like to remind people there's the famous Father William Slattery, and then there's uh, that other one out there who writes books and gives talks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, don't we just but don't we just butter you up here and <laughs> uh, there's gonna be a letdown when I start speaking. <laughs> Not at all, not at all. Well, there is a, uh, the the book that we're going to be talking about was uh, made into a major motion picture at the end and released at the end of 2019. And I'm aware of, um, in fact, it was released in the United States on Christmas Day, 2019. And uh, I have several parishioners who were able to see that movie, even, uh, I don't think they were able to read the book, uh, Just Mercy is the title. And uh, why don't we have, uh, Nancy, why don't we have you just uh, start uh, acquainting us with um, uh, the, the story behind this book and what it's all about? 
Certainly. Now, I have to say, I have not seen the movie. The book came out, I think the a copyright, the original is 2014. But I would imagine is the movie would concentrate on the case of Walter McMillan, which is the thread throughout the story. But right. it is written by a black lawyer, Brian Stevenson, who worked in Alabama beginning in the 1980s with the Equal Justice Initiative. And though it addresses many inequities in the justice system, particularly regarding those of a particular race or those who are poor or disenfranchised, the major focus throughout the book is on death penalty cases. And Walter McMillan is a man who spent six years on death row for a crime he had nothing to do with. And it was a very egregious case. And the author and Walter became friends over the years. So Stevenson speaks of youthful offenders. He speaks of the mentally ill. But he always goes back to Walter. Mm -hmm. I was reminded also of a similar story that was made into a movie, I think, about a year or two ago. I don't know if any of you remember hearing about this. The movie was entitled Brian Banks, and it's based on a true story of a young man, a promising, uh, aspiring college football player in Southern California, who was um, arrested and convicted of a crime he did not commit and was working uh, with... um, a uh, nonprofit legal agency to try to, you know, uh, clear his name and and things like that too. So it's a very intriguing story uh, that uh, Just Mercy is is bringing to us, and it taps into all sorts of other issues that we're going to be talking uh, to you folks, uh, Nancy and Father Slattery as well. Uh, Father Slattery, I wanted to ask in particular about um, uh, capital punishment because, uh, especially with regard to um, the Holy Father Pope Francis, he's had a lot. To to say with regard to this issue, can you just uh, you know shed some light on where things stand in terms of um, uh, the Catholic Church and and the decisions that we are called to make regarding this issue of capital punishment? Yes, uh, I think uh, that's one of the major themes of this book, and I think uh, what I, I even got out of it later. I, I studied this through my my uh, work in moral theology, and uh, but kind of having this this. Uh, Narrative approach was was also enlightening for me just to see the human dimension of it in a, a more sincere way. Um, but to look at the kind of moral question of of capital punishment uh, and our Holy Father's kind of more recent comments in 2015 before the International Theological Commission, he uh, made the kind of statement that the capital punishment in our modern times is inadmissible, of the words he used. Um, and so there was a there was a lot of a lot of debate after that over what, what those words mean, inadmissible versus immoral or intrinsically evil. Um, and so as we look at the, the understanding of the tradition of capital punishment, there were traditionally, uh, there were conditions in which it could be allowed, and these were always uh, exceptional cases mm-hmm. at a time in which the uh, offender could not be safely removed. There was no view in which that offender uh, of the capital crime could be reformed, and they remained a persistent threat to society. In this case, these conditions being met, uh, a capital punishment could be justified mm-hmm. for the safety of the community. 
Right. Um, but as the Holy Father points out, he used the word inadmissible, and he's really leading on a large, long tradition going uh, back centuries of work in abolition of the death penalty, um, in which they talk about the growth and possibility of our society to uh, safely remove those who are uh, capital offenders from our population, uh, to be able to work in more uh, more humane ways to bring them reform, mm-hmm. and that this is actually the true authentic goal of, of punishment within a legal and moral context. The, the goal of punishment has two ends. Uh, it is to repair the wrong, if it can be, uh, and to reform the offender. Now, capital cases are unique because often the harm that's caused can never be repaired uh, in, in a substantial way. But there is a reality, in, in, especially in the Christian tradition, of a living events, of a way in which we can uh, make up and suffer and do penance and uh, truly come to conversion and change. And this is, uh, as we look at it, the Holy Father's uh, call through the, in 2015 for uh, an abolition of the death penalty. He's saying that the conditions that were classically uh, formed for the death penalty, uh, they just don't exist in our modern world. And so uh, if we're looking at it as a punishment, it really doesn't fall as an authentic punishment because it doesn't reach those goals of reform or repairing the harm. And as we look at the book, and I think Justin Mercy points out very clearly, is that within the system of capital punishment, there's further uh, indignity caused to the, the human person, of those involved in it, those who are trapped, especially those who are innocent, obviously, but even those who have to then work in that system. There is a degradation that happens to the human person uh, as we uh, almost, uh, in a real way, make uh, make make uh, compromises with our, our pursuit of, of of reform so Nancy this um, the title intrigues me because there's obviously a play on right. words here and plan could you speak to us about the the title and how that what why is this the appropriate title for this particular book well one of the most important themes in literature is the search for justice and dignity so that's what Brian Stevenson constantly goes back to in the book, that these are human beings. They deserve a sense of dignity. They are loved by God. And so you have this idea that you search for true justice. And that means that if a person is innocent, and sometimes people are quick to want to close cases, And so if they can find someone they can view as a culprit, uh, and and this is the case in Walter McMillan, if they can find a culprit and build a case, no matter how fantastical or untrue it may be, they can close that case. But that isn't justice. That isn't justice. And actually, an additional injustice has been added to the crime. Mercy... And I thought about this so much in rereading the book. There cannot be hope without mercy. And our God is so merciful. And this is one of the things with the death penalty. God is forgiving. God is merciful. And if you have justice, you have to have mercy. Father Slattery, and, could you... Oh, I'm sorry. Father Slattery, we just have like uh, about 90 seconds left, but could you, w- w- what is the difference between justice and mercy? 
<laughs> what is the difference between justice and mercy? Uh, if we look at the relationship between uh, us and God and us and each other, uh, there's a there's a way in which uh, you know we're never we're never justified before God by our own work. And as we look at uh, again all the acts of grace, where, uh, He makes us justified through a mercy that He extends to us. And so, as we, uh, understanding of this, uh, like this justice, is a real way we can look at it as a quality. As we, as we look at what we owe to another on the level horizontal, um, it really is a quality of making sure that we're meeting the needs of other people in their human uh, nature and, and what they require for their dignity. Um, and then mercy really is an extension, a condescension, a condescension, an action in which you go beyond what is kind of normal and, pr- and provide what is lacking. Uh, so like in someone's life who is especially vulnerable, uh, might have a handicap, might uh, be economically impoverished or disenfranchised, like there's a way in which we have to move beyond what is kind of normally expected to provide what's lacking. And that's kind of the difference, uh, I would say. You see that coming to the book very clearly. Our guests are Father William Slattery and Nancy Gord joining us from Fargo. The topic is the book Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Father Leffer and Father Gross joining you, and we will have more about this right after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo, near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. 
heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. For those who may just be joining us, we are visiting with Nancy Gord and Father William Slattery from Fargo. And the topic today is a book released in 2014, Just Mercy, by Brian Stevenson, a Harvard Law graduate and attorney who um, uh, was uh, an advocate for a number of people through an organization he founded, along with a woman by the name of Eva Ansley called the Equal Justice Initiative. This book was turned into a movie that was released at the end of 2019, starring, I believe, Jamie Foxx was playing the role of Walter McMillan, and Michael B. Jordan is uh, playing the role of uh, Brian Stevenson. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, you may recall those who are Marvel uh, Comics uh, movie fans, was the uh, villain in the Black Panther uh, movie. So he's been in numerous other roles as well. I think he played uh, Apollo Creed's son in the movie Creed. So he's an up-and-coming actor. So um, for those who may uh, be familiar with that movie, that's the theme of what we're talking about as well here. Mm-hmm. And so, Nancy, we uh, obviously there's there's many... Very important themes in in this mm-hmm. book. Could you could you bring out some of those themes and connect them with with our faith for us? Why this would be an appropriate uh, book uh, to put on your reading list? Well, we're always. Yeah, I thought so often about the prayers we offer up during mass that the dignity of all human life, and so this extends, you know, from the unborn all the way through the, the disenfranchised. And I thought so many times of Christ and how he would view the clients of the Equal Justice Initiative. And I just am going to read uh, a short sentence from his introduction in the book. Please do. The true measure of our character is how we treat the poor, the disfavored, the accused, the incarcerated, and the condemned. We are all implicated when we allow other people to be mistreated. And I just thought of that so often and in my own behaviors, that as a Christian, as a Catholic, how important it is always for me to regard each person as a child of God, worthy of mercy and dignity, and my love. Great. And Father Slattery, another thing I was thinking of here is when we talk about the criminal justice system, uh, those who are of Father Leffers in my generation remembering the trial of uh, O.J. Simpson back in the 90s mm-hmm. where he had this phalanx of uh, star lawyers, Johnny Cochran, F. Lee Bailey, etc., you know, sitting at the table with him. There are very many people who come to trial who do not have that benefit. And, you know, they try the best that they can, but whether it's legal aid attorneys, public defenders, you know, things like that, there, there aren't those kinds of resources. So could you speak to how this book um, uh, addresses some of the um, inequalities that happen uh, in the criminal justice system, things that Catholics, I think, in America should should be aware of? Yeah, and I think uh, kind of linking off of Nancy's comment, that, that kind of was one thing that struck me really well and uh, kind of deep with reading this book was just that perspective of uh, what I think the Church defines as what they call social sin, how even individual sins uh, reverberate through the community and they affect us all. And so uh, sure. that measure of, of our character as a nation really is judged by how we treat those who are who are less, um, those who are 
who are, are vulnerable and those who are disenfranchised. And um, so, as we look at the the judicial and legal system, I think that's one of the major points of the book is that uh, all of these individuals, uh, from Walter McMillan uh, through the other uh, clients at EGI, uh, that organization was founded because they didn't have representation. And if we look at our nation, like one of the basic rights we have uh, are, are, you know, kind of this, this understanding that we, we, we are, again, cared for by the legal system. That's kind of a basic choice most, most Americans have. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Now, we might not trust lawyers, <laughs> uh, and that can argue whether that's a good or bad thought. Uh, I know there's a lot of lawyers that are listening, uh, especially and, Jack and this is Excuse <laughs> me for interrupting, Father, but this is really obvious when people are, like, on death row, and there is nobody to handle their appeals. They may have yes. gotten a public defender at their first trial, but then once, you know, they're incarcerated or they're waiting on death row, there's no one to take up their cause. They don't have the money. So this yeah, is one then, of the great inequities to it. it. It goes, race is certainly a factor, but poverty is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poverty, and they're kind of seen as lost causes. And that's, uh, again, if you're looking at the, the thing that struck me most is that's the kind of condemning note of how easily we can create a system or just kind of go through our lives and accept that reality that uh, individuals in these places are, are kind of considered lost causes. And if that were me or family member or others, you know, uh, how would that how would that change how I look at the situation? Right. You know, right now, I mean, just as Nancy, you and and Father are both speaking, it's just striking me about the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Like, I mean, how how often do we, you know, visit the imprisoned? I mean, what what and mm-hmm. what does that mean to visit the imprisoned? I think both of you are doing a beautiful job here of of describing to us things that your average person just doesn't think about or it's it's very easy to just put it in a box somewhere in a shelf and shove it back somewhere like I don't have to think about this this isn't my responsibility so what you know like your I don't know what our listeners right now what what is our responsibility as Christians in regard to this situation well I guess I would pick up on there uh, I think one of the things that easily we can do is uh, one Praying for those who are in prison. I know uh, one of the great saints, Therese of Lisieux, uh, who's kind of known as a, a prayer missionary, but one of the things she worked hard to do uh, was even as she was cloistered, she prayed for individuals who were uh, accused of capital crimes and who were before their death, and she would write them letters. Um, and so that's kind of a good, you look at that work of solidarity, uh, one of the works of Christian mercy is, is remembering them in our prayers reaching out, whether through letters, and encouraging them, uh, offering them hope. Uh, that's an easy thing that everyone can do. There also includes other changes, uh, looking at the system and how we can do some reform to ensure that uh, punishment's not just retribution for crime, but is mm-hmm. there for rehabilitation. Right. And also we think about um, the the uh, the wisdom of our founding fathers in terms of um, the Constitution avoiding, or at least uh, affording in the Bill of Rights, uh, a, a jury, uh, a trial by a, a jury of one's peers and things like that, so that it not be uh, down to the uh, capricious uh, whim of, of some sort of a duke or count or, or king, but uh, a, a method, uh, you know, that people can... Can can stand before and 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 how that system is meant to um, 
not just even the playing field, but to um, promote the dignity of everybody uh, who it serves. So, Nancy, right, and there oh, and there can be serious issues, especially as addressed by Stevenson in Alabama. And again, he started his career in the 1980s with jury selection in mm-hmm. predominantly black counties, that there were no black jurors. And so we have to be very careful, too, to have a balance in our juries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, sure that they're peers and not uh, enemies. <laughs> right. The right. infamous case of uh, Emmett Till in Mississippi in the 1960s, where a white jury convicted him on, on really no evidence whatsoever, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, Father Leffer, you had some uh, concluding remarks here. Yeah, I just, you know, Nancy, I have such an appreciation for your your understanding of literature and your just vast wealth and knowledge. So, so this novel, Just Mercy, how, I mean, how has it affected you? How, what does it have to do with you as one who understands literature? What, what, what's kind of a lasting impression that you can give us? It is so powerful a book. And I thought at times it's difficult, and those of you who have read the book know that some of the stories are very hard to read, especially about the youthful offenders. And we're, we're talking those incarcerated who are as young as 13. It is very difficult to read those stories, but we cannot turn our eyes away. It is like the homeless man at the stoplight standing there at the sign. Mm-hmm. It is difficult mm-hmm. to look, and it is easy to turn away, but that man exists. And that's one thing about books. It brings us knowledge, and oftentimes that's difficult knowledge, but it is there. Yeah, it, Not is reading it, it means it doesn't exist. Yeah, Nancy, it's interesting because before we came on air, Father Gross and I were having an in-depth discussion about what do you do with a man standing at the corner with the cardboard sign, and what effect does that have on your soul? And and you know, and I I was just saying like you know, some days I am prompted by the Holy Spirit, dig in the pocket and give him money. Don't don't think about. It. Other days I'm like, no, I, I I can't give this this man money. This is you know, but it, it, either way, it affects my soul. You know, like I, there's this calling out, and I, I, like I told Father Gross, I said, I hate the fact that that in my soul I I, I have suspicion of the one who's in need. I I hate that part of me that, mm-hmm. that where I get suspicious of the one who's in need because it shows a lack of what mercy I guess charity and right 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 yeah, and, and, it, I think, uh, and it is almost it is an ache that mm-hmm. one feels. Indeed, Father Slattery will give you the last word. Yeah, I think, uh, well, there was a, I had a good spirit director when I went through seminary who, in, in talking about that, uh, said uh, that uh, you're, you'd never punish for generosity. Uh, that was, uh, he, so he said, give liberally because we're never punished for generosity. Yeah. Good call, and it's a great place to leave it there. So once again, the book is Just Mercy, written by uh, attorney Brian Stevenson. And we thank you, Nancy Gord and Father Slattery, for joining us and telling us all about it today. Blessings to you uh, in uh, all of your endeavors. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, after this break, we're going to have uh, our monthly conversation with our good friend, the Bishop of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, uh, whether he appreciates us being with him or not. Uh, Bishop Quinn, who will be with us right on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. 
live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 